right. Hey, I am, I'm glad to be here with y'all, and I'm glad you're here. Um, welcome. We are going through our I Am series. So if, you, if you've been here, we've been walking through the book of John, and we've been walking through uh, what Jesus says about himself. Um, now, really quick, really quick, uh, I don't know about y'all. Y'all are in high school now. You've gotten to the point where you're in your lives where you've, like, you've started to make some bigger decisions. Uh, and if you're like me, you probably can look back or even presently, the times of your life where you're making a big decision about something or where you're trying to figure out what way to go or you're trying to believe about what's true, this, that, and the other, like those, those can be pretty stressful. I know for me when, just this will be a chance you get to know me a little bit better. When I was in eighth grade, I had to decide, uh, do I want to go to Atlantic Shores or do I want to go to Grassfield? Like as an eighth grader, that's a pretty big deal. Like that was like, felt like the whole world and it, it was a big deal. Uh, in 10th grade, I was making decisions about like relationships and those things. In 11th grade, I started having to make a decision about, hey, do I want to stay at Grassfield or do I want to go to Bishop Sullivan? I was really into sports, so uh, I ended up going to Bishop Sullivan, which was a better situation. As a senior, some of y'all are seniors. Uh, some of y'all are about to be seniors. Some big decisions of like, where am I going to go to school? Am I going to go to school? I had to make a big decision. Do I want to go to ODU or do I want to go somewhere different? And then later on, as you're going to tell, I'm just times of my life where big decisions are stressful. And they can be hard and they can be frustrating at times. I remember I was a senior at ODU and I was trying to figure out, gosh, do I, do I stay and keep playing football or do I go into the ministry? Like that was a hard, stressful thing because it was like, what way do you want me to go, God? And even when I was married, even when I was married, we've been married for four months. My, my wife and I had both quit our jobs. We were moving to Kentucky. We were going to go live in Kentucky. This is in the middle of COVID. And then in the summer, two weeks before we're about to go pack up and move, we found out two things. First, we found out that in Kentucky, uh, COVID uh, was still around. And so there was no jobs. And then secondly, we found out in the middle of COVID and all this craziness that she's pregnant. And I'm like, what do you do? Do you go to Kentucky or do you stay here in Chesapeake? So obviously I'm here because we made this decision to stay. But big decisions can be so difficult. Like y'all, as, as high, in high school, I know you've had to make big decisions already in your life, who you're going to hang out with, who you're going to spend time with, what, who are you going to date somebody, you're not going to date somebody, what do you want to do for sports, do you want to do sports, all sorts of things that you, decisions you have to make, and you're making decisions about what to believe, what is true, like how do you determine what is true versus what's not true, these are big decisions that we all face, and it leaves us with this, this question of like, how do we figure out what is the way? How do we figure out what's true? How do we figure out what are we going to do with our life? What is life all about in the first place? I'm going to read us a story tonight from the book of John. And in this, in this passage, you're going to see, um, you're going to see why, why I went through what I just went through with you. But Jesus is going to give us the sixth 
I am statement. And in this, just some context for you, what it, where there, this passage is, it is the night before Jesus is about to be crucified. So Jesus is in a room with his disciples, all 12 of them, and he's in this room and he's telling his disciples who've been with him for the past three years, he's dropping some bombshells on them, like giving them some big news. And it has left them really discouraged, really confused about where to go, what to do next. So here's what Jesus has just told them. One, he says, some, one of y'all is gonna betray me. Two, I'm about to leave and where I'm going, y'all can't come. Not right now. So you can imagine this was devastating for the disciples. And so he goes off and he sends Judas to go do his thing, to go do what he needs to do in order to betray him. And now Jesus is here with the 11. And look at what he says. We're in John chapter 14, if you have a Bible. And I'm going to read one through six. And then I'm going to pray for us. It says this. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let me, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for this night. I thank you so much, God, that you brought everyone here that you brought tonight, Lord. I thank you that we get to freely sit and open up your word and, and look to see who, who this Jesus is, what the Son of God said about himself. Lord, I pray during this time, Lord, that you would allow us to fix our minds on you, that you would allow us, Lord, to hear, to understand, and to put away all distractions so that in these next few minutes, Lord, we can, we can hear your word and be changed by your word. Lord, please allow me to speak clearly and allow us to understand it. And by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, would you would you change our hearts? Would you stir in our hearts? Would you allow us to love you more and live out your word in our daily lives? We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so this is the last night he has with his disciples and here he is sharing these truths and he's telling them that he is about to go to heaven. Like Jesus has spent all this time with them, three years with them, and now he's going to heaven and they're sad because they they don't know. They don't know how, how to get there. They want to be with him. They want to follow him, but they don't know how to follow him to a place they can't see with their eyes. Now, heaven, we talk about heaven once in a while, but a lot of us, and I get it, we don't like to talk about things that, especially things that happen when we die. It's just not comfortable. But here's the good news about heaven, and we, you've heard it maybe, but heaven is paradise, the Bible describes heaven as paradise. It is the most beautiful thing that our words don't do it justice at all, but it's beautiful, it's gorgeous. There's streets of gold, there's jewels, there's diamonds. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are there. There's no sun because God himself lights heaven. Like it's the most amazing thing. And what also makes it amazing about what's not there, 
In heaven, there's no sin. There's no loneliness. There's no anxiety, no depression, no sadness. It's just joy forever. There's peace forever. This is where Jesus is going, and he's saying he's going to the Father. But Thomas, one of his disciples, he brings up a legitimate question. Like, Lord, what? You're saying you're leaving and you're going to prepare a place for us, but like, we don't know where you're going. Like, how on earth could we know how to get there? And Jesus responds in the most simple way. He says, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And tonight, that's what we're going to talk about. What does it mean that Jesus is the way? What does it mean that he is the truth? What does it mean that he is the life? I got a question for you. Have you ever been in a car with your parents or whatever and you've just gotten totally lost? Yes? No? Some, sometimes? So here's what's interesting, right? In your age, that doesn't happen as much. Why does that not happen as much? Technology. Yeah, you got, you got a phone. Like, what? I'm lost? I don't get lost. My maps don't get lost. Like, it's a lot easier now. I want to show you something that, that's actually pretty funny. I don't know how people drove anywhere like 20 years ago, but I, when I was a little kid, like in elementary school, I vaguely remember this. My parents in the car used to whip out this like huge map. Like it was the weird, it, you're going to laugh. It's like a dinosaur. There it is. All right, so imagine this. Imagine not having any phone. Imagine not having a cell phone or maps, or anything like this, but for you to figure out where to go, somewhere where you didn't know exact by memory the location, imagine getting something like that and trying to figure it out. Isn't that crazy? Like, I would have gotten lost all the time. I don't know how my parents did it, but every once in a while, they would whip out this map. They were trying to find their way, <clears throat> and of course, we did get lost because it's super complicated. It's hard to tell which way to go uh, with something like that. They didn't have the technology. But here's the thing for us. And more importantly, what Jesus is telling you and me. Like we may figure out a place to go. We may go to a friend's party. But Jesus is telling us how to get somewhere that is so much bigger than anywhere we could go in this world. So much more important directions than anything that we could go. And he doesn't give us a thousand right turns or left turns, straight, left, go a mile, this way, turn left. Like he makes it so simple. He looked at his disciples who are so confused. They're like, well, how do we get there? He says, I am the way. Think about that. He's talking about going to a place. He's, he's talking about going to heaven. He's talking about going to be with the Father. And he says, how do you get from here to this invisible place to us? He says, I am the way. There's only one way to heaven. There's only one way to the Father. There's only one way to this eternal life that we talk about. And this is so important for us because we live in a world that tells you and it tells me that, no, 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 you can't say there's one way. What do you mean? What are you, a bigot or something? Like, you can't say there's just one way. The world tells us that there's thousands of ways. You could go this route. Oh, you could just go this route. 
Like, that's the way. I want to I read what Acts 4.12 says. Look at what it says here. It says, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Listen to that. Like, out of all the things that you and I may disagree with, out of all the things that even your family members, your friends, people that you love and care about. Like there's a lot of things that we disagree about. Listen to this truth and don't be tricked. Don't be tricked into believing something different. Don't believe the lies. Like how do we get to heaven? That's a pretty important question. If you believe in what God's word says and we know it's true, that there is heaven and there is hell and every human being alive will spend eternity in one of the two places, like the directions to heaven are a pretty big deal. And I'm so thankful that his response is so simple. He says, I am the way. And it's a lot different than what we're told because nowadays we hear a couple different things. You hear, well, hold on, like if I'm a good person, I'm gonna go to heaven. Or if I try to be nice to people, then I'm gonna go to heaven. Or if I go to church once in a while, like, I'm going to go to heaven. Or if I just do my own thing, but I try to do it well, like that is a ticket to heaven. And my heart is broken. My heart is broken for people. I know people who believe these things and my heart breaks for them. And the reason my heart breaks for them is because it's a trap. It's a trap. The truth is that there's only one way. And that is the same for me, it's the same for you, it's the same for your mom, for your dad, for your brother, for your sister. It's the same for the people on the other side of the world who you'll never meet or see a day in your life. It is the same truth, that there's only one way. But Jesus, don't, he, that's not the only thing he says. He doesn't just say, I am the way, he says, I am the way. And then the next thing he says is so important. He says, I am the truth. I am the way and the truth. What does Jesus mean when he says, I am the truth? Well, first of all, he's saying he himself is true. He claimed to be God. He is true in that. God is truth. God is perfect. God is holy. He is righteous. He's just, he cannot lie. So what does that mean? It means that everything that Jesus is and everything that he speaks is completely true. Bible says that he is full of grace and he is full of truth. And because he's the truth, everything he says is true. That's why the Bible isn't just a book. We know it to be God's word. And because it's God's word, we know that every single thing in this book is truth. Even to this day, nobody can prove wrong God's word. It was written thousands of years ago by hundreds of different authors, not hundreds, but a ton of different authors, and it fits together so perfectly. Like, how can you explain that? It is, it is God's word. Now, raise your hand really quick if you, if you love freedom. I love freedom. Freedom's a good thing. Like, we, we should all have our hands raised. Like, we should love freedom. I love freedom. But one of the things I've heard one of the things I've heard is that, well, hey, hold on, Blake. If you're going to follow the Bible, like if you believe it to be God's word, and if you're actually going to be one of those people who actually try to live your life in this, if you try to walk in the truth, 
you lose all your freedom. Like, why would you want that? I want you to hear what this says in John 8. It's what Jesus says here in John 8. He says this, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And look at what it says in verse 32. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Think about that. Like it's one thing for us to sit up here and to read God's word and for you to sit down there and for you to listen to God's word. But I'm asking you right now, do you actually believe that? Is that a hard truth to believe or is it easy for you to believe? Because this is Jesus. This is the one who is God. This is the one who it says is the truth. And he said that living according to his word is not burdensome. It's not restricting to you. In actuality, it gives you life. It gives you freedom. We don't hear that in the world, though. The world doesn't tell us that, that the word, that Jesus, who is the word, he sets us free, and that there is freedom living according to God's word. And and my question is, what what relationship do you have with, with truth? Like, what relationship do you have with Jesus And what relationship do you have with his word? Because if you have a relationship with Jesus, naturally you're going to have a relationship with what he has spoken to us. And it's hard. It's really hard. And actually, my heart is sad for a lot of y'all. Y'all, and I'm not too far far off from from your generation. It's hard. We live in a tough society. Uh, You maybe have heard the word. I'm not going to go into it. But this word called postmodernism, it just talks about this, this way of life that we have heard that you live in. You may not know what that word means, but it's the culture that you and I live in right now. And here's what postmodernism teaches. You have friends who believe this. Listen, you may, yourself may believe this. Postmodernism is this thought that there's no such thing as absolute truth. Like, and that's, that's not, it's not even that there's no such thing. That's even mean to think that. Like, it's this idea that, hey, what's true for you, hey, that's you. And that's good. But what's true for me is something different. And they're both true. That's what this, that's what our society tells us like this whole Jesus thing could be true for you but it doesn't have to be true for me like everybody just needs to find themselves and just live out their own truth listen to me listen to me that is a lie truth look at me look at me truth is not defined by what you say It's not defined by what I say. It's not defined by what your teachers say. It's not defined by what you read in a book. It's not defined by your friends. Even your best friend who may love you and care about you, that is not where truth is defined. Truth is defined in a person. Jesus said, I am the truth. And because he's the truth, we know that truth is only defined by what the person who is truth speaks. This right here, this is truth. But for you to say that, for me to stand up here and say that, there are many people in the world who would say I'm a bigot or I just, I'm not loving or caring about people. But let me ask you this, look at me. Why, how could it not be loving to tell people the way to eternal life? 
Like if I have a friend and I know my friend, I love my friend and he's walking this path, like I explained before, he's walking this path that is leading to death. What kind of man am I? What kind of person am I? If I just say, yeah, man, that's you. Like that's your thing. You believe that good, do you? What? No. Like because we love people, because I love y'all and my heart for y'all, your leaders here love y'all, our heart for y'all is for you to know the truth because we love you, because we know that there is one truth, there is one way. And it gets us to this third point that there's one life. There is only one life. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, what does he mean by life? Let me be clear. We know that life can be hard. Even as a follower of Christ, life can be difficult. There's things that happen to us that are even outside of our control, things that we can't, we don't even understand, whether it's something happening in our home, in our families, parents, whether it's a loved one passing away. There's a lot of things that happen that make life really difficult. What does Jesus mean by saying he is the life? He's saying, he's telling us this. He's saying that he himself is the giver of life. He created the universe. Life is only found in him. We know the Bible says that apart from Christ, there's no life. Even as a Christian, somebody who has been born again, somebody who has new life, we only have life because of him. It's not because you or me did anything good. It's because of him. He is the source of life. So my question to you is what is life to you? Like, what do you live for? What do you live for? What do you care about? What dominates your thoughts? What dominates your pursuits? Like, what do you, what do you live for? Some people live for money. Some people live for shopping, for clothes. Some people live for pleasure. Some people live for popularity. Some people live for sports. Some people live uh, for school. And some of these things are good, sports, school. Like nobody's complaining about these things. But what ultimately do you care about more than anything? What do you live for? As, as a high schooler, I remember there was a lot of things telling me what l true life is or where I would find real life, whether it be in a relationship, whether it be uh, just being the best uh, football player I could be. Like there was a lot of different things telling me, Blake, hey, here's where you're gonna find life. I wanna read for you what Jesus says in Matthew 10, verse 39. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. How crazy of a thought is that? Like, isn't that so backwards to what we naturally think? Like, we naturally think, like, the best life we can get is just us making our own best decisions and, and figuring things out or somehow landing on the best job, the perfect spouse. Uh, we, we stay healthy. Like, that's where life is. Jesus says, no, no, no. Whoever finds his life doing life your own way, 
isn't true life. But rather, and this is hard to understand, but listen to the truth of this, rather true life is found when we actually give up our rights. It's kind of like what I was saying earlier about the truth of God's word, that when we live according to what Jesus says, there's freedom in that. Freedom that you can only understand when you're on the other side. I can understand that there is so much more freedom in living and doing my best. I fall short all the time, but living and pursuing God's word and and trying to live by it and seeking his help to live by it. Like there's freedom in that. I look at people who chose a different path and I wonder, I look at their lives and I just wonder how do they get by every day? It breaks my heart. I wonder how many of you, how many of you are seeking a different way other than what Jesus said? How many of you are seeking a different source for your truth, whether that be social media, whether that be your own feelings, or whether that be uh, your friends or people you care about? Like how many of you are falling into a trap of believing uh, truth comes from somewhere other than Jesus? How many of you are seeking life in a place that we already know in advance there is none? As we close and we go into our community groups, I want you to ask yourself this question. Is Jesus the source of your direction? Is Jesus the source of your truth? And is he what you are living for? No, that doesn't mean we just stop going to school. We, don't, we just stop playing sports. Like, these are good things. There's a lot of good things that dominate our time. But what are we living for? You do not need a map to get into eternal life. But you do need a person. You need a person. And I need a person. And there is only one person person who can open that door and it's Jesus it's not you it's not me there's nothing we can do to get into heaven the Bible says that all have fallen short of the glory of God all of us have sinned and so all of us do not deserve heaven rather according to God's word we deserve the opposite but the truth The truth is that God, because he loved us, because he loved us so much, gave his only son, Jesus, who is the son of God, to live a sinless life on our behalf, willingly going to the cross, willingly laying his life down for us, taking our sins upon his shoulders. He conquered the grave. He rose three days later, and now he is in this place that he told his disciples that he was going, and all of us now. We can be forgiven. Jesus told us to repent of our sins and to believe in him. If you have not done that in your life, if you have not come to a place where you have decided, wow, I'm convinced Jesus is the only way, I wanna lay my life down and live for Christ and seek his guidance and just follow him wherever he may lead, there are leaders here who love you and would love to have that conversation with you. I'm gonna pray for us and we're gonna go into our community groups and talk about these things. Lord, I thank you that you made 
a way so simple for us. That in a world full of confusion, and even all of us, we, when we get into our own thoughts, we, we get ourselves confused, we get stressed, we get anxious, we get depressed, we get lost. Lord, you made it so clear for us, and you told us the most simple directions ever, and that there is one way to the Father. And the one and only way to the Father is through you. Lord, I pray that you would stir in our hearts, that you would lead us, and that you would guide us and bless our conversations. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.